0: So good morning listeners and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM. Um, Common Sea inspiration production being produced in our Common Sea studio here in Arda. And this, the 24th of January, it's the third Sunday in ordinary time. And help me to present and produce a program again, uh, my good friend Shane Ambrose. Good morning Shane.
1: Good morning, John. How
0: are we keeping? Good. Thank you very much Nick, for joining me. And I know you'll join me, Shane, in welcoming those listeners who are housebound and listen to us faithfully each week. I uh, a few phone calls now last week, a few people contacted me. Unfortunately, um, we had promised uh, our listeners that we would be playing, um, replaying actually something that was broadcast uh, in 2014 uh, A Reflection on St. Ida" by um, a good friend, Michael Keaton, and who was then uh, Lorraine Buckley, now Sister Mara Dominic. Uh, but unfortunately, It didn't go out for a technical reason in West Limit 102. It wasn't able to be broadcast. And uh, a lot of people I know uh, stayed up to listen to that and it it didn't come out. Sorry about that, guys. The good news is, though, that we're going to do it all again. So for part two of the programme this morning and, uh, of course, for tonight, the plan is, and I hope it goes out, uh, it it will be broadcast on West Limit 102. The good news uh, for those who do not have to listen to West Limit 102 and can get um access to wh- whatever we produced online um the interview was actually available on a podcast which is uh, common see inspirations dot com. just google common see inspirations and you will get us there unfortunately these things happen when you are broadcasting especially broadcasting maybe live and during these times of pandemic uh, it's not easy to to be able to fully staff I'm sure West Limit 102 or other places around the country. So, just bear with us. Uh, it'll be good out again. Anyway, that's the good news uh, today and also tonight. So, welcome again, as I said, those listeners who listen to us faithfully each week. Continue to, to send their good wishes to us and keep us in prayer. Just a reminder again that uh, this program is broadcast as Sacred Space, on West Limit 102 local radio at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. And as I said, it's available for playback and download and come and see inspirations at busbread.com. Also on our blog, which okay we haven't been we haven't been rene- uh, renewing the information on there on a daily basis, but the all, all the other programs are available on there, and a lot, an awful lot of stuff to show would what I put up there over the number of years that, he was in fact uh, keeping it alive, and that's in sacredspace space or Of course, as we said before, there's other platforms. You can hear what we produce here on Sacred Sacred Space, or indeed, more importantly, maybe come and see Inspirations. You can hear that on Spotify and iTunes. And again, you can contact us by text on 087-6088-667. That's 087-6088-667. Or email sacredspace102 at gmail.com. And of course, at this part of the program, we'd like to welcome back again, Shane, who's going to share some signs for the week. Thanks, Shane.
1: Thanks, John. Um, so in terms of the liturgical odds and ends for this week, uh, of course, we are coming towards today, of course, is the, is the third Sunday in Ordinary Time. So it is the, a Sunday dedicated to the Word of God. And of course, it comes in the middle of the week of prayer for Christian unity. Um, because obviously, uh, within the Christian churches, um, we're not in a position for a common holy communion at the moment. So we share the word of God, and it's also, of course, close to um, Holocaust Memorial Day. So because, of course, the word of God is something um, in, in in large respects that we share with our Jewish brothers and sisters. But we would come to that uh, in in after uh, after the saints. So uh, for those who praying the Psalter, we're on week three. Uh, So Monday is the 25th of January. It's the feast day of the conversion of St. Paul the Apostle. So very much dedicated, of course, to that encounter on the road to Damascus of St. Paul. And, of course, one of the key dates, I suppose, if you like, from a church history point of view, because St. Paul, of course, is the apostle to the Gentiles. Um, And it generally marks as well, as I said, the the end of the week of prayer for Christian unity as it generally in the Basilica of St. Paul's walls in Rome. um, Vespers, the evening prayer held in the Basilica, uh, marks the closure of that week. Now, I don't know um, this year whether that's actually going ahead because of COVID. um, But uh, that's generally what happens on the 25th. 26th is the Feast Day of St. Timothy and Titus. The feast day always follows the Feast Day of St. Paul because, of course, Timothy and Titus were close um, to St. Paul as followers, writers, writers. letter-writers. Tradition makes Timothy the first bishop of Ephesus, uh, which is an interesting one. Um, And from Paul's advice to him, we take some... And Paul, of course, there's a couple of letters to Timothy uh, in the Bible from St. Paul. And um, because Paul tells Timothy to take some wine to settle his upset stomach, St. Timothy is regarded as a patron of cases of stomach complaint, which is an interesting interesting one. St. Titus is associated with the church in Crete, uh, the island in the Mediterranean. The 27th of January is the feast day of St. Angela Marisi, I think is how you pronounce the woman's name. She died in 1540. And we acknowledge her feast day because she's the founder of the Ursulines, and very much, of course, associated with education, and particular, education of women. And uh, then on the 28th of January, we have one of the big heavy hitters with the feast of St. Thomas Aquinas. Aquinas is Italian, born in 1224, died in 1274, one of the towering intellectual figures of the Catholic Church tradition, particularly from the Middle Ages under the Renaissance, early Renaissance. Dominican friar. Um, and very much, of course, associated with a particular branch of theology called Thomanism, or Thomas theology, uh, very much uh, focusing on uh, Christian revelation and human knowledge are aspects of a single truth, and they cannot be in conflict with one another. So this very much kind of linked in with that idea that faith and reason do link together. Uh, one of the greatest theologians of the Church, and even to today, his teachings are held up as a model for theologians, although many people, of course, would have different approaches to what he had. Um, he's a patron saint to schools, universities, students, and booksellers, and, of course, is a saint of the Dominican order. And uh, if anyone is interested, there is an r- annual summer school dedicated to Aquinas, and in particular to the Summa Theologica Uh, which he wrote, which was his summation of his teachings in terms of theology. So, as I said, he died in 1274, and he is also regarded as a doctor of the church. On Friday the 29th, we have the feast day of St. Dallin Forgale, I think is how you pronounce the man's name. He's a saint of the Irish church, died beheaded by tradition around 598 at a monastery in the Inishkeel in Ireland, and then uh, he was originally born in 530 in associated with County Cavan. He is seen as the son of Cullamac Arc and related to Irish royalty. Noted student and he's supposed to have gone blind as a young man. He was the chief bard and poet of Ireland in 575 and he reformed the bardic order, preserving, helping to preserve the Gaelic language and literature at the time. And very much his most famous work is the Eulogy of St Columba. Um, Legend says upon its its recitation, his eyesight was restored. I don't know if that actually happened. And he's generally considered a martyr because he died during an attack on the monastery in which he was living. Then finally, on Saturday, the 30th of September, we have two two saints associated with the Irish Church, or on the Irish calendar, I should say. The first is St. Aidan, very much associated again with County Cavan. Uh, studied under Saint David in Wales, and on his return, he founded a monastery at Ferns, and he became a, mich- a bishop there and was renowned for his generosity. And he died around 6- six twenty six A.D. Um, then uh, the other s- blessed that we remember, blessed that we remember on the thirtieth of January, are Blessed Margaret Ball and Blessed Francis Taylor both uh, beatified in 1992 as, as some of the Irish martyrs. Margaret Ball is an interesting case. She was imprisoned, actually, by her own son, who was the Lord Mayor of Dublin at the time. And she died in, in suffering under the harsh conditions in Dublin Castle in 1584 for, for giving safe haven to priests and having mass celebrated in her house. And if you are in Dublin and you are near the Pro Cathedral in Dublin, there is actually a statue of Margaret Paul. And I think it's Francis Taylor, actually, is the second one, uh, just just outside the Pro Cathedral. Francis Taylor was, uh, he was from Swords, was elected the Lord Mayor of Dublin in 1595. He was put to prison for seven years and he died of the hardship in prison in 1621 at the age of 70. So that's two of the Irish martyrs who we remember in the coming week on the liturgical calendar. Next Sunday, of course, is the fourth Sunday in ordinary times, the 31st of January. And normally it would be the feast day of St. Don Bosco or John Bosco. But obviously the Sunday takes precedence. And next Sunday is the beginning of Catholic Schools Week. Although I'm not quite sure what they're doing about that, considering the schools are probably not reopening. But we'll have to wait and see.
0: Shane, thank you very much for that. Um, Just think of that, as you were recounting some of those saints. how lucky we are these days, you know, if you think about those last two, Margaret Ball, you know, and Francis Tyler, the, the amount of hardship that these people had to go through for the faith, and yet they done it, and there's us complaining sometimes about the little bit of inconveniences that we have, puts it all in perspective.
1: Uh, just to pick up on the discussion we had last week, uh, I've got a couple of questions in relation to it, and it's relation to the issue of the vaccines for COVID-19. So just to clarify, um, neither John nor myself are telling people they have to get the vaccine. Uh, I, I was actually asked that question. Um, just to be very clear, all we were setting out last week was the... Guidance that has been issued by both the Vatican and the Irish bishops in relation to the Catholic moral question around taking the vaccine. Whether a person decides to take the vaccine or not take the vaccine, that is a medical decision you make in consultation with your GP when it is offered to you. All we were saying last week was the Vatican and the Irish bishops have said from a Catholic moral point of view, it is perfectly permissible to get the vaccine. That's all we were saying.
0: Yes, I must agree with that, and thanks a lot indeed, Shane, for giving us that information, because I'd say an awful lot of people might not have been aware of the Church's advice in that matter. Now, this Sunday we also celebrate, Pope Francis also asked to celebrate, that. was it last year or a year before he instituted it last year, I think it was, the Word of God Sunday. Can you share a little bit about that, What is all about, Shane?
1: Sure, so today is Sunday of the Word of God. Now, it's an unusual one, in, I suppose, in the Church's calendar, because, of course, every Sunday and um, is about the Word of God, and actually every day should be about celebrating the Word of God. But in 2019, Pope Francis issued a Momoto Proporio of um, setting up, it was in 2019, and he issued it on the Feast of St. Jerome, instituting this annual observance on the third Sunday of Ordinary Time. And the third Sunday of Ordinary Time normally falls, as I said, kind of earlier, it falls in the week of prayer for Christian unity and also close to um, the Holocaust Memorial Day. So, and and of course, Holocaust Memorial Day is very much associated with the Holocaust, the Jewish Holocaust during the Second World War, um, but also, of course, with the Armenian Genocide uh, in 1915 and other genocides around the world. But the point being that um, it is the, the Word of God is something that we share both as Christians, because obviously, at the moment, we're not in full communion with each other for the for the celebration of the sacrament of Holy Eucharist, but also with our Jewish brethren in terms of the fact that Jewish scripture makes up quite a large proportion of our own scripture. Now, the interesting thing about, of course, about the, the, the word of the, the Sunday of the Word of God is the celebration that's on it, and I suppose it's a challenge for Catholics, because, and particularly, I should say, for Irish Catholics, because we don't have um, a very strong lay tradition of, uh, um, I suppose, praying and praying with Scripture and reading Scripture. Um, we were discouraged from doing it for many, many years. Uh, and it wasn't until kind of the mid-early 20th century, kind of around the 1940s, 1950s, that there started to be an engagement with the Catholic Church, with Scripture, um, scripture scholars and research and so on and so forth, opening up the the the... the treasury of scripture for us in from a faith perspective and it's um it's an interesting one as well I suppose that you know it's a reminder to us this Sunday that the, we gather to celebrate the Eucharist is a very unique moment in the week uh normally when we can do it of course but um the thing that we need to remember and I think this is something that particularly in this time of COVID that we need to remind ourselves is that when we gather as a praying community Christ is present particularly when we gather for the Mass, Christ is present in four ways. He is present in the Eucharist, which, of course, is the source and summit of the faith as set out by church teaching. He is present in the community assembled because we are the body of Christ baptized into the church. He is present in the priest who stands in persona Christi and is the presider over the community praying. But he is also present very much in the word proclaimed. And that is something, I think, which we sometimes overlook, particularly in Ireland, where we have a very strong tradition of focusing on Mass, and it's very much on going to church. And we need to kind of, I suppose, rediscover and re-encounter Jesus present in his Word. And that's something that's very familiar to listeners of this program, John. It's something we do every Sunday with our Reflection of the Gospel, Um, and I suppose there is a question, I suppose. You know, um, why have another Sunday devoted to a particular team? Um, and but it's not a new feast. You know, the, the, uh, the Word of God is proclaimed at every Eucharist. And I suppose one of the great blessings of the liturgical reform and renewal from the Council, a Second Vatican Council, was a greater appreciation of the Word of God in liturgies, in the Word, in liturgical celebrations. So what this Sunday does, it builds on the texts and the prayers of the Third Sunday in Ordinary Time. And it is very much kind of paying attention to the Word of God for us and also asking ourselves, you know, do we duly give honor to the Word of God? And I always remember a friend of mine was, was, was attending college in Dublin and she was doing a theology course. And of course, her scripture professor, the guy that was teaching the course, he, he turns around and he says, You know, if someone was here with the Blessed Sacrament, of course, we would have due reverence for it. It would be, you know, put, preserved carefully and all the rest of it that, you know, we have by tradition and respect for the Blessed Sacrament. And he turned around and he said, How many of you have your Bible stuffed down your bags? And he made the point, you know, the Word of God. Is like the Blessed Sacrament. It is Christ present in our midst. It is the Word of God that is made available to each and every one of us, and we um, we should treat it with due reverence, respect, and not also engage with it. You know, and so I suppose what we have to look at is we have to ask ourselves: Are we truly engaging with the Word of God as it's put forward to us? Pope Francis suggests in his letter. That this Sunday is an ideal time to reflect on this, and asking ourselves, are we truly appreciative of the Word of God? You know, um, you know. For example, is you know, do you have Scripture in a in a respectful place in your home? Uh, do we do we do we properly you know reflect and pray on it um, and and so on and so forth? Um, then I suppose it's also a case of looking at. Um, ways of as a community how do we pray scripture in terms of you know readers at mass are they properly trained are they proper or do we do it reverently you know it's not just going up and reading the newspaper at the end of the day it is proclaiming the word of god um you know and and you know there's a lot to be said about it and we have to ask ourselves those types of questions because it's not literally just going up and reading out something and that often happens at funerals it often happens at weddings where people that are not regular readers just go up and read it out. And the question is, do we realize as a praying community whether we're giving due respect to what is being proclaimed and asking ourselves that question? And that's kind of some of the ideas that are around this, uh, John, in terms of this Sunday and kind of the questions that our Pope Francis puts out there for us.
0: Thanks for that, Shane. There's a there's a few thoughts, uh, just a few comments that I want to make on this particular one. It's certainly a favourite of mine. Um, first of all, over 12 years ago now, maybe almost 12 and a half years ago, I became involved with this uh, with this program, Sacred Space. But the reason why I become involved in, the sec- in in Sacred Space because I truly and honestly believe that the gospel should be should be read and preached every week and maybe a little bit reflection on it. Because for years, I know I myself anyway, was fairly ignorant of it. I'm not saying no much more now, but I know a little bit more now. And I felt it important that to offer people who mightn't always have the chance of listening to the Gospel and listen to a little bit of a, of a reflection, well, maybe with the help of others, as to what it's all about. So that's that's the first point in regards So maybe I wouldn't become involved in Sacred Space if it wasn't for that. The second thing is, is um, we did have a synod here a few years ago. And one of the proposals that I uh, put forward to the synod was that a copy of the Sunday Gospel and a reflection should be made available in all churches for all who come to visit that church who might want to see it. I mean, in our church, we have arranged for a copy of the readings every day to be displayed at the back of the church people just can just come in just for a few seconds uh, take a look at the readings and a little a short little reflection on what it's all about it's so important as shane said jesus god is in the word uh, is in the word it is his word the third thing that i just want to comment on and this is really uh, on behalf of all of those who have be, become involved with lecture divina over the last number of years and the Newcastle West area. A big thanks and a big shout-out to Father Frank Dewey, because what Father Frank has done for us every week, we have what we call Lecture Divina, Divine Reading. And what it is, Father Frank goes through the Sunday Gospel for us, he gives us a background to it. So, ah, yeah, that's what it's all about. And always suggest that there's something in that Gospel for us to take away, to help us with our lives. share we get something different than me, different Father Frank, and so on and so forth? So... There's just three little thoughts that come to my mind. Um, Father Frank actually, in his notes this week that he sent around to us all, and he does quote from Pope Francis. So I'm just looking at this, and he says, "A day devoted to the to the Bible should not be seen as a yearly event, but rather a year long event." And really, just going through the Gospels, you know, they're not that hard. They're not that tough to understand. Only if you give it a little bit of time, don't rush yourselves too, too much and maybe get a bit of help, get a little bit of a book there, that's what I've done anyway, to find out what, what this gospel might be all about and how can it affect my life and so on and so forth. I don't have to have a PhD, I don't know, need, need to know the gospel back to front. I think it's so important. Anyway, thanks, Shane. For
1: In relation to that, John, just one thing to point out to people, if you are online and you are a podcast person, Mm. that one of the, the number one podcasts, uh, I think it was last week, on Apple iTunes, was actually a podcast about uh, the Bible. And it's called The Bible in a Year, with Father Mike uh, Schmitz, I think is the man's yeah, name. I assume, yeah. And basically, he's walking through the entire Bible in 365 episodes, providing a commentary, a reflection, a prayer along the way. And it follows a reading um, which is inspired by a Bible which is called the Great Adventure Bible. What it does is tries to break down the timeline of Scripture so people mm-hmm. can work through it. And um, it's, you know, it's an interesting way of getting through it. Now, I haven't dove, dived into it myself this year. Um, now, he started on the 1st of January, which is fair enough. He's planned to do it in 365 days. So what actually I'm planning to do is I'm planning to start it at Lent. Uh, for Ash Wednesday and go forward there from it with my 365 days. So maybe that would be something maybe for people to think yeah. about. If, particularly if you're on a podcast, it's called The Bible in a Year and it's available on a daily basis. Uh, it's updated on a daily basis.
0: Just on that, Shane, I would have done myself I shared, shared with other people. It's gone onto on Google and for instance, I might have put in the, the, the book of the Psalms, YouTube. And I've been able to get up something there for about five or six minutes. Something that brings me through the Psalms, or but through the Book of Wisdom, or it might be through the book of Genesis. Uh, really there's something that I mightn't really know much about before, but it just opens it up for me. There are resources out there, guys. Just just search for it and say it. It's worth doing it because you know there, there, there's something that will help us in times when we need it. Thanks for that, Shane. And in the meantime, we will now go for our spiritual communion prayer. And this is where we also invite jesus to come into our into our hearts Uh, and this is especially for those who can't receive jesus at mass which is all of us these days my jesus i desire to receive you into my soul since i cannot now receive you sacramentally come spiritually into my soul i embrace you as already there i unite myself wholly to you never permit me to be separated from you amen so now we go for our first bit of music this morning and this one it's something in line with what we're just speaking about. It's entitled The Word of God Speak and this is by Mercy Me. So join us again in part two where we'll again hopefully listen to Michael Keaton and Sister Mary Dominic, who will share with us a reflection on Senator. And this of course was broadcast twelfth of january first, twelfth uh, of january two thousand and fourteen. So back and join us then. Welcome back again to the second part of Second Space Two FM. My name is John Keely, still joined by Shane Ambrose and the other end of the Sky Plan. And last Friday, uh, the 15th of January, it was the Feast of St. Nita, who, along with St. Munchin, is a patron saint of our diocese here in Limerick. So we're now going to play a recording from a programme of the 12th of January, actually, 2014 when Michael Keating and our good friend Lorraine Buckley, now Sister Mary Dominic of the Dominican Nuns of St. Joseph, joined us to talk about St. Ida. So let's listen to this now.
3: Welcome back again to the programme. My name is Lorraine Buckley, joined in studio this morning by John Keeley. And we have a very special guest in our uh, studio this morning. We'd like to welcome back again. Michael Keating. Thank you Lorraine. Michael, you're here to talk to us about the beautiful Feast Day that's coming up next Wednesday, 15th of January. Tell us who are we celebrating?
4: Well, 15th of January, Feast of St Dieter. she's patroness of our diocese and in the limbic diocese, it's, um, in the church's calendar, it's celebrated as a feast day mm-hmm. and the rest of the country celebrates celebrated as a memorial. And as opposed to people in Kildie, it's just simply called Saint Day It's yeah. a big day in the parish. You know, and that's, that's the parish holiday in Kildie. And next Wednesday there is Mass, a con-celebrated Mass in Raheena at eleven o'clock, and the main concelebrant is Bishop Brendan Leahy, and we are delighted to have him because it's his first Saint Day to the diocese, and we're over the moon to have the Bishop for that day. And Wednesday night in Ashford at seven thirty there is Mass, and in preparation for the feast starting on Tuesday morning after the 10 a.m. Mass in Lachina there will be 24 hour adoration before the Blessed Sacrament in the sacristy in Lachina and we started it last year and it was a wonderful success and people came over for 24 hours and spent the time with our Lord in preparation for the feast day?
3: Isn't it a beautiful way to prepare for a
4: feast, though, Michael? Yes. Time well, spent. It's a proper way to spend time with the Lord. Exactly. It's the proper way. So now, a lot of listeners will know the story of Saint very well, but just for maybe some of them mightn't mm-hmm. know the story. Isa was born in County Waterford around the year 480. We don't know the exact year for her, her birth, and we're told she died in the year around the year 570 on the fifteenth mm-hmm. of January. And by my calculations, that's 1,444 years Wow! this this feast has been celebrated. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about that and I said, how did it last so long? You know, through all the raids we had in the country, Vikings, the Normans, the penal times, the Mm -hmm. Reformation, and it's still been celebrated. And it brought me back to the Acts of the Apostles. When Peter and John were arrested for preaching about the resurrection. And Gamaliel, the Pharisee, intervened, and he said, look, he says, if this is of human origin, he says, it will die away of its own accord. But he said, if it's from God, he says, you will not stop it. And he said, take care that the find yourself fighting against God. You know, and this devotion to send out uh, must be from God to last so long. Exactly. So it's hard to imagine it could last so long, but this year, you know, I was thinking about what we do in the program, mm-hmm. and we've dealt fairly well in the history for the last couple of years, so I said this year, maybe, could we look at um, the life of Sandra and what Ida would say to us today in the year 2014? Mm-hmm. You know, if Iter was alive, what would she say to us? But as for the truth is, she'd say very little, because she didn't do a lot of talking. <laughs> she was a doer. She yeah. was, she and really was. She didn't leave any writings or any big long thesis on how to live life. She just lived it as she thought she could, know, the best she mm-hmm. could, close to God, and people followed her. They came in the droves to Khalidi because of this holy woman. Mm-hmm. And um, I suppose the first thing Ida would say, and the first thing we notice in her life, is this personal life of holiness. Aita was a very young girl, about 14 or 15, very prayerful girl, and she had this call from God you know, to take the veil of virginity, and to be a bride of Christ, and um, she met a lot of opposition from her father, who had a marriage arranged for her with a local prince. Now, what do you must see out here? Ida was a princess. Mm-hmm. She was not a poor person. She was a wealthy person, born into royalty. And um, but she renounced all that, and took the veil of virginity from the bishop down in Ossett at the time, and left her own country, guided only by the Holy Spirit. And we are told three lights that guided her across the country, the galtes, the that waslone cradle, which was the meadow of fate, which today is Kidia and um, And thats what the, the first thing I would tell us, we have to lead a life of prayer, mm-hmm. no matter how busy we are, we must spend this time in prayer, and even though I was in the community of nuns, you know, where she would pray the, mm-hmm. with the community, mm-hmm. of course. We're told she had her own cell built away from the community where she would go to pray and to spend time with the Lord. And, and the story told of one nun who was curious and who followed her, and she saw this cell being lit up by no known light, you know. One night, and, I, and um, so I says, wants us to spend time in prayer, just to take that time out because that's mm-hmm. in the gospel as well. Jesus exactly. himself said to the apostles, He said, Look, we have to go away and spend time in prayer. He mm-hmm. said, They were too busy, you know, mm-hmm. they wouldn't even pray. And, um, I was with the prayer then Ida was beginning to fasting. Mm-hmm. No, and the story told again about where the angel reprimands her because she overdid the fasting, so like but she would promote fasting, giving up some little thing I mean regulated fasting now, mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. And but all her miracles all stems from her prayer life and her devotion to the blessed Trinity.
3: Absolutely. And of course, th- like we, we kind of look at the saints and think, sure, they were great. They were made for holiness. But I can't do that, which is completely untrue. It's, it's a tiny bit of a cop-out, actually, if we say that we can't be holy because we're made for holiness. We're made for God. We're made to be in communion with him. And we're going to touch a, a little bit on that in the second part of the program where we look at baptism. But we're made for holiness, Michael, aren't we? Yeah
4: we love to leave holiness to the next person you see yeah you know? exactly <laughs> and, uh, or to the wife maybe or she, or she
3: goes to mess she goes yeah. to town. you know what I mean yeah. that'll yeah. do
4: me like you know what I mean it won't do me <laughs> um,
3: exactly and even prayer as you said um, Michael prayer um, is described as a covenant it's a relationship mm-hmm. it's a relationship between us and God and if we're not spending time on that relationship then no matter how much God wants us to have that relationship with him it can't all be one-sided, can it? No, no. You
4: see, we, we can see this from all the saints, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been that time in prayer, there's been close to God, mm-hmm. and people were drawn to them. Mm-hmm. People were drawn to Kalidia. Not because Aita was a princess, but because of her holiness, mm-hmm. her prayer, how she was so close to God. Mm-hmm. And the miracles didn't stem from that. You know, they brought people from all over Munster to Aita because they knew she had the power of healing and all this. You know, but it came from her her life with God. And I suppose the second point about Aita would be, a you know, simplicity of life and I suppose a detachment a certain detachment from mm-hmm. earthly things and especially the love of money You know, I to, could have, if I had loved money and love power she could have stayed in Waterford exactly. she didn't she announced all that and um, she came to Gleady but she was a very practical woman as well mm-hmm. I mean, she had a community nuns They had um, stuff they couldn't live in fresh air and um, it seems they were self-sufficient and very industrious ones there and Mm -hmm. you know, she knew about making ends meet as well she was a very practical sensible woman Mm -hmm.
3: I suppose in in our own days we we could look at it how can I detach myself from stuff we might have the mortgage which we have to pay we might have children that we have to feed but how can we become detached from material things and it might be as simple as turning off the TV for half an hour at night and spending that half hour reading the Bible or maybe saying the rosary or doing a little meditation or whatever it might be because the whole point of detachment is you're, you're detaching yourself from one thing to put God in its place mm-hmm.
4: yeah now the next point uh, I would like to hit on is it was about passing on the faith to children mm. or no, praying with the, as I am sure I would tell us to pray with our children You know, read the Bible stories for them tell them about the life of Jesus and of course this was Ita's, surely her greatest gift of all was passing on the faith to children because mm-hmm. it entered the title of the foster mother of the saints of Ireland these are the Celtic saints of Ireland now they all looked up to it as their foster mother mm-hmm. now some she fostered in Calidia and the most north would be in Saint You know, as a lot of people don't know that, that he was fostered in Calidia he mm-hmm. been probably 6 or 7 years in Calidia and um but it just shows the importance of spending time with children and praying with them. Mm. The legacy Ida left them like, was just unbelievable. And, you know, there's a prayer garden up in Muffin, Donegal, and they have Ida down there as the foster mother of the Twelve Apostles of Ireland, saints I never heard of, but mm-hmm. she obviously influenced all those Celtic saints. Mm-hmm.
3: And of course we all have a role in that as well. Saint Ida wasn't a physical mother, like I, I'm not a physical mother of children, but I have a role as a, a spiritual mother, either by praying for people or by living a good example or you know in whatever ways we come in contact with children in our lives to be that positive
4: example Mm -hmm, Um, the next point I'd like to bring out is uh, about praying for you know asking God for direction in our lives you know sometimes we set off and we I want to do this you know I want to do medicine I want to do accountancy but do we ever stop to ask what God wants us to do Mm -hmm. and I think this is brought out beautifully in the story of Isis two sisters you know Ita's two sisters, first of all, um, Fiona followed off from Morthford mm-hmm. and f- she asked to join the convent and she joined the convent became a nun with Ita in Calidia. And after a few years we are told in the history that Ita's mother died so her sister Nessa came to Calidia and of course everybody presumed automatically Nessa was going to become a nun as well. Mm-hmm. Nessa came to join the convent, she wanted to join the convent but Ita said no, she said, wait and pray, she said. So Nesta was obviously very upset because mm-hmm. she said, What's wrong with me? You know, my sister was good enough for the convent. Why am I not good enough for the convent? So Ida said her vocation was married life. Mm-hmm. And Nessa was upset about this. But eventually Nessa, through prayer, waiting on God's calling, she discovered that her path to heaven was a straight path through married life. You mm-hmm. could see the broad straight to heaven in front of her. And she married the thatcher in Canadian, who was Behan, and became the f- the mother of Saint Moog Mocha Mocha, who had a big monastery over near Tullus in Tipperary. <laughs> wow. so, uh, oh, yeah. By following God's will, you know for the, into the married life, she she was the mother of this great saint who mm. set up a massive monastery over there. Mm-hmm. You know, can you imagine if she didn't if she went into the convent and didn't, she wouldn't have fulfilled God's plan. Like? Mm-hmm.
3: So there's many there's many ways to heaven, isn't there, Michael? Like we all have a particular role. Whatever it is, whether it's married life or single life or religious life or priesthood. There's so many different ways to heaven.
4: And I suppose I'd like to hit out that point particularly to young people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tough today. You maybe you're going to college. You you come out with a degree, and yourself, there's nothing there for me. And maybe stop and pray that God will just turn you the right direction. You know, the way He wants you to go. Um. Next point, I suppose, is. The charisms of the Holy Spirit
3: mm. now can you explain to us what a charism is Michael if, if somebody doesn't know it. The,
4: the gifts of this spiritual gifts are the, the Holy Spirit um, 1 Corinthians 12 mm-hmm. the charisms are mentioned um, healing faith healing working of miracles prophecy distinguishing of spirits and tongues and interpretation of tongues mm-hmm. um, we know miracles were worked through it God worked miracles through it Gave her this great gift of discerning spirits, you know. People are in all sorts of trouble. I could straight away could discern proper right, proper song. Mm-hmm. She had this incredible gifts, you know. I'm sure she'd be very much at home with 1 Corinthians 12, and she'd be very much at home in the charismatic meeting. <laughs> <laughs> she, sure. she, she would understand it 100%. Sure. <laughs> um, and I suppose, you know, we'll be talking about the baptism of our Lord later mm-hmm. on and mm-hmm. coming down with the Holy Spirit, but you know. We receive the Holy Spirit in baptism. We receive the gifts in confirmation. But I often remember what happens mm-hmm. after confirmation. You know, do we nurture those gifts and you know bring them out after confirmation? Sometimes they just align dormant there for years and never touch them.
3: Exactly, and I'm sure even Saint Ida would say as well that the greatest of the gifts that we receive are faith, hope, and love. And it's by exercising faith, hope, and love that we can begin to use and recognise the other, the charismatic gifts within ourselves as well.
4: Um, one other thing things was Aita's um, name was originally Teatre, okay. But it was changed. The bishop down there changed it to Aita, which means toasts for God. Oh, beautiful! I think it's a beautiful name, yeah. and it reminds me of Psalm sixty-three: toasts for God." You know, mm-hmm. if I could, mm-hmm. I'd love to read. Maybe have I time to read yeah. one verse John mm-hmm. here? God, you are my God. I pine for you. My heart toasts for you. My body longs for you. As a land parched, dreary, and waterless, thus I gaze on you in the sanctuary, seeing your power and your glory. Mm. I'm sure right, uh, that's Sam, she probably made mm. it her own. Mm. And I suppose maybe just some, John, did you want to say mm. something no, there? Uh, maybe mm. to sum up, you know, one girl followed God's call. She was mm. probably 14 or 15. She listened, she had God's calling, she answered God's call. Mm. and look at the results mm-hmm. there was a huge monastic settlement built in Calidi it was you know, spread right throughout Munster have foster children all over Munster and in further afield you'll see you know, statues sent out all over West Cork, Kerry Tipperary, you'll see them everywhere you'll see stained glass windows why? because one girl followed God's call as a mm-hmm. young girl and did what God wanted her
0: no, I, I was just thinking there Michael you know as you were nominating all those various things that Aita was saying, I thought, there's nothing that we all can't do. You mentioned prayer. We can all pray. Pray, as Lorraine said, you know, having that relationship with God. Simplicity, detachment, passing on the faith to children, spiritual children or human children, asking God for direction and asking for gifts of the Holy Spirit. There were beautiful things that y- you just mentioned to us that you reckon St. Ida would be asking us to do today and it's not out of our bounds to do it. It's not hard PhD stuff. No. It's ordinary stuff that we it's can do. It's ordinary stuff. She was a very
4: simple, ordinary woman, mm-hmm. which was extraordinary results mm-hmm. from her life. You know, and the proof of it is we're still talking about it today and still celebrating it today. Beautiful. You know.
3: And I think, I think that invitation that you have for us, Michael, here is what will happen if we follow God's will. Mm. Imagine what could happen in our lives if we follow God's will.
4: Well, if you look at the gospel, like Jesus had only 12 apostles. Mm-hmm. Look at what happened. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> and, but, mm. and they were powerless until the Holy Spirit came down at Pentecost. Mm-hmm. They were fearful men. They were locked away in a room. But when the Holy Spirit came, there were different people. Absolutely it's time for a piece of music now and the piece we're going
3: to take is from the album Faith of Our Fathers and indeed it's entitled Faith of Our Fathers but of course we must remember the faith of our mothers too the faith of all those who have gone before us
0: So welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space 102FM. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane on the, near end of the Skype line. And this is the part of the program where we read and reflect on the Word of God. And before that, we'll ask Shane to pray this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane.
1: Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May you re- May we approach this Word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this Word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for that, Shane.
0: So now we'll read the Sunday Gospel for, as I said, for the third Sunday in Ordinary Time. And this is taken from the Gospel of Mark. After John had been arrested, Jesus went into Galilee. And there he proclaimed the good news from God. The time has come, he said, and the kingdom of God is close at hand. Repent and believe the good news. And as as he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and followed him. Going a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They too were in their the boat, mending their nets. And he called them at once, and leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the men he employed, they went after him. So that's the gospel for today. Sharon, sure, you might have a sort or two you might want to share with us please.
1: Yeah, so we get into the thick of it with Mark's gospel this uh this weekend. And obviously we are going to be journeying with Mark through the remainder of the liturgical year. Very much a gospel of kind of beginnings and 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 new beginnings and ends, of course. Uh, We're focusing here on John has been arrested, so he's been arrested by Herod at this stage and is is in prison, and of course, um, the interesting thing about it, of course, is John was Jesus' cousin, we know that from scripture, so in some ways, Jesus was carrying, starting initially, was carrying on his work, which was proclaiming uh, the good news uh, that, you know, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is close at hand, repent and believe the good news of the gospel. So it depends John uh, as well of course which way it it is translated because in in the the version of scripture that I'm using this morning the term that they use is gospel but other translations would use the term uh, go- uh good news in terms of that that pa- that part of the gospel this morning and it's it's a reminder to us I suppose very much the theme that's going to be there in terms of uh the gospel over the next couple of weeks and of course into lent which is that repent and believe the good news um, you know, the time is fulfilled or the time is close when the kingdom of heaven is going to be close at hand. And I suppose the question for us is, what does that mean? What does that mean when, it's, when we hear that say, calling out to us on a Sunday morning when the gospel is proclaimed? What way do we react to it? What way do we encounter it? What way do we listen to that word when it is proclaimed? The second part of this Sunday's gospel, of course, very much talks about the calling of the, first, of the disciples. Last Sunday, we heard from John's gospel and this sunday we hear about um them being called and it's it's Simon and Simon and P- Simon's brother Peter so that's that's Peter and Andrew and of course we also hear about James and John sons of Zebedee and the whole I think, of Jesus saying to them you know come follow um and you know the the response come after me and i will make you into fishers of people And i suppose the question i suppose is for us you know that invitation is there for each and every one of us and i suppose it's something um, which is an important thing which has to be remembered um, you know at this time, is that there it 's an invitation. No one stands with a gun and forces a person to be a christian. it's a calling that we are all asked to live up to, a baptismal calling it's a choice that we are given. and at the end of the day it's a choice that we each of us has to make individually. You know if we decide for whatever reason that you know we no longer want to be called ourselves Christian or we don't want to be part of a particular Christian community, then that's the choice that we make. We make it and you make it in full knowledge, you make it with full awareness, but it's a case of you know if 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 you don't want to be part of it, there's no one forcing you to stay um, but it's also the other side of it. For those of us that are that are staying or that hear that call, the question is very much, well what does it mean for us? What does it mean for me to hear that call, come and I will make you fishers of people? Because that call very much applies to each and every one of us today as much as it did to, to the original four apostles when they were called by Jesus on the lake of Ga- on the lake of uh, the sea of Galilee. And of course very much, you know, we're we're starting out the Galilee adventure with Mark. That's the accounts we're going to hear over the next couple of weeks. And so as we pause and reflect on this Sunday of the Word of God, it's as good as gospel as any for each of us to ask ourselves, what are we being called to listen to? What is it that we believe? And always and ever we're asked, how do we respond to that invitation from Jesus? Shane, thank you for
0: that. Thank you for that, for those few thoughts. Just one little one that I just want to share with people this morning What came to me when I was just looking at the gospel this morning was in the second line uh, then he proclaimed as jesus then he proclaimed the good news from god mm-hmm. and i think sometimes we kind of forget that like it's the good news from god so jesus spoke the good news that he'd heard from his father and i think every time we're listening to the gospel we're listening to the word of god it's coming directly from god um maybe today might be a good opportunity maybe we could ask the holy spirit to encourage us to listen to the good news from god and that he created us and he loves us and he never wants to leave us alone and that's the good news. Let's just give him a chance, open our hearts and open our ears to what he wants to tell us. So that debate brings us to the end of the programme. Thanks again Shane for, for sharing with us today. Uh, we we'll are now go out with our final piece of music and the piece of music this morning is sung by a person by the name of Esther Mui, M-U-I and this one is entitled All That I Have. So, next week for myself and Shane, thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the week, and we'll talk to you good next week. Bye bye now.
5: Lord, at your feet will I lay my life and Lord at your feet will I lay the treasures of my heart I kneel in sacrifice to you Lord take my Take my life And sing